to Life Lessons. We're Jen and Sherry. I'm Jen Stevens, a retired teacher of 28 years and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat. And I'm Sherry Bullock. I've worked in healthcare for over 26 years, and I've been an active volunteer for many organizations. We're both wives and moms, and let's face it, we're the glue that holds it all together in our homes. In our careers, we have always been problem solvers who help others. And that's what we'll be doing here, answering questions you didn't know you had, one smart solution at a time. We're always looking for ways to make our lives easier, help us be more productive, or improve our health and wellness. So let's live our best lives one day at a time, and let's have some fun along the way. Hi, everybody. We are so glad you're here today. Welcome to this week's episode of the Life Lessons Podcast. How are you doing today, Sherry? I'm doing wonderful. I'm so glad. I've got so much going on, as you I know. know you we're do. moving in. Well, we're getting the moving truck in eight days. We're moving next in next Thursday. Yes, we're moving okay. in nine days. So I've got a lot to do. Chad apparently didn't believe me that we were moving, even though we sold the house and bought a house, and he hadn't packed anything. And then Will and I went to the new house over the weekend because we we had closed on it the week before, and we went. Will went with me to take a load of stuff and just to you know kind of peruse. You know, when you're looking at a house, you don't really get the whole. You know, like I couldn't remember what the pantry looked like. I didn't know what exactly we needed, and. So we spent the weekend there and I gave Chad this long list of things to do. I'm like, this is what I'd like you to do while I'm gone for three days over the weekend. He's not teaching classes. He did none of it. I came back. He had done nothing. Okay. And like, hello. Because <laughs> <laughs> we have these people doing the estate sale and we needed to be out of their way. And like we needed, like I spent the whole, before I went, organizing the kitchen when labeling like these cabinets, like don't sell anything in these four cabinets because we need them to live. But everything else was organized. And, and I was like, I need you to do that with your closet. I need you to do that with the workshop. No, he didn't do anything. Oh, my gosh. I was so like stressed out. if he out. didn't do it, you don't have to move. I guess. I, I mean, I'm like, all right, if you don't pack it, it's not going. He's like the kid that won't put his shoes on because he doesn't yes. want to go to school. That's it. That's <laughs> it. That's it. So we've been fighting that battle. And today we went and actually like, you know, rented the U-Haul because I wanted him to see which one he thought he could drive, you know, out of the sizes, the big one, the middle one, whatever. So we picked out the one that, that we're going to rent. And <laughs> anyway. Are you going to have to dolly one of the cars? No, because we took Will's car and left it. Oh, you did? Okay. I wondered what you were doing. Yeah. So Will is going to drive Chad's truck and I'll drive my car and Chad will drive the U-Haul. All right. It's happening. It's happening. I'm really excited. Yeah, the ladies that are doing that. I know. You're going to love it, Sherry. I love it so much. It's a great, great house. When I'm standing in the living room, the great room, you know, the kitchen in the great room, the little dining area. When you're standing inside and looking out through the sliding glass doors, you see the water because it's on a pond and it feels like you're on a boat. Oh. The backyard is like really, really tiny because it's right there, you know, ringing the pond. All the houses are, you know, around it, but it feels like you're on a boat. Because you just you look, look out, out and see water. You just see the water. That's nice. From the second floor down to the first floor. Yes, it really is nice and peaceful. Yeah. So I, there was like a swan sitting in the backyard. Just so even there. though it's not on the beach, it's still in the water. Which it's is on the water. And it has like one of those peaceful. little fountains. Uh-huh. And, and there were turtles climbing up the banks. And there's Mama Goose and her four little babies were going by. I mean, it's You're going to love sitting out on I am going to love it. So we have a back. screened porch on the that's covered. And then we also have a deck on the back. 
And then on the front, we have a covered porch. So I can like, no matter what the weather is doing, there's somewhere I can go. Right. I'm right. so excited. And if the weather's really nice, I just head over to the beach house and get on the ocean. Get the-, the uncovered porch, is that east? Does it face east? It faces towards the ocean. Okay. So, I mean, we can't see the ocean or hear the ocean. We're, we're Yes. Okay. Yes, it faces faces. Kind of east. I mean, assuming that the, the South Carolina coast is not directly north to south there. It's kind of at a slant. So so you'll have some afternoon sun for sure on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We will. I'm, That's so I'm what not I was sure trying exactly, to figure out. But yes, it does. Yeah. It faces the coastline. Whatever. It's kind of like a southeast, I think. I don't really kind of know. So it'll be perfect for morning, but by the afternoon, you're probably going to want your covered porch in the front. Yeah, probably See? so. Porch options. I have so it many options. doesn't get better than that. It's just such a great little house. So, And everything went my way when I was there. We got the attics cleared out. We got the internet set up on a Saturday. I mean, who even gets everything done like that? But I had a great day. And you were I'm having a magical day. I was definitely having a magical day. I'm so excited for you. I can't wait for you to visit. We got to set a time. And you'll be ready to settle in and just breathe. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to settle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, now it's time for our weekly good news segment. Today, we have a shout out to a special someone from Debbie. And fun fact, Debbie is in our Facebook community. I know exactly who she is. And the shout out is to her niece, Casey Train. And Casey is also in our Facebook community. I'm familiar with both of these ladies. She said, we have been close off and on over the years. We live on opposite sides of the country and have a 13-year age difference, but we also have kids the same age. And considering life in general, we've really developed a wonderful niece-slash-best-friend relationship. We can talk about anything, and we always ask each other for advice on small and especially big things. We talk weekly for one to three hours and then text later, and we'll always say, oh, I forgot to tell you. Yep, three hours is not hard for us. We even joke that we each need to keep a list of what we need to tell each other so that we don't forget. She's so smart, creative, caring, a wonderful mom, and a beautiful redhead too. Her mom was my closest sister, and we really held each other together when she passed away. And we still do almost seven years later. I wouldn't have made it through that without her. So I love you, Carrie June. Oh, that's a beautiful story. Well, listeners, we need your stories. Send your good news story to connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. We want to hear about companies that have given you exceptional customer service. Give a shout out to a special someone in your life. Tell us an amazing story or share anything that might be inspirational to fellow listeners. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing your good news in an upcoming episode. Before we get to the Life Lesson of the Week, I want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that helps make it possible for us to bring you this podcast. Today, I want to talk about Beauty Counter. Y'all know by now that we love Beauty Counter skin, body care, and makeup. It's clean, no harmful ingredients or toxins to worry about, and it works. Summertime is nearly here, which means outdoor activities like barbecues, weddings, and outdoor concerts are happening. And if you're like me, after too much time outdoors, on hot, humid days especially, your makeup starts to look less than fresh. The solution is to prep your skin with the Counter Control Matte Effect Gel Cream prior to applying your foundation. And if you've not tried the Beauty Counter Skin Twin Foundation, then I highly suggest trying it. It gives you a natural airbrushed finish that isn't heavy and it doesn't settle into fine lines and wrinkles. There are 27 buildable shades. 
And then to finish, if you dust your face with the Beauty Counter Mattifying Powder, it perfects your skin and it helps with staying powered. You can learn more at beautycounter.com slash Sherry Bullock, S-H-E-R-I-B-U-L-L-O-C-K. And then here's my quick tip for you. I love to mist my face with glycerin rose water as a final step to set my makeup and it gives it a luminous glow. And I will put the link for the one I use in show notes. It's also clean. Unfortunately, Beauty Counter doesn't sell one, but if they did, I would buy it. (laughs) (laughs) And every purchase helps us to stay on the air. And I really appreciate everybody who shops with me. And now it's time for our life lesson of the week. This week, we're going to talk about courage, connection, and community. We are joined by Sky Lee Farr, an inspiring woman who had a mission to bring her community together in a new and creative way. Today, she will tell us her story and what she offers to her community that is completely unique. So welcome, Sky Lee. Hi. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so glad. Now, before we get into your background and hearing about your story, What is the lesson that you hope to communicate to listeners today? Well, you said a little bit of it in the beginning, and it's all about connection. And coming out of this pandemic, as things start to open up a little bit, we've all changed. We are all changed people. And it's trying to find a way to connect that is new, that brings the commonality between people instead of what keeps us separate. So my lesson is all about how to connect with people and find that place where people feel comfortable and safe in a way that they feel heard, seen. That's sort of where I'm at right now. And my life lesson (laughs) is Well, I love that because that is really, I think, what my mission in life is, is to form, form communities where people feel like they fit in and like they're heard and like they're connected. Yeah, I love yes. that so much. In fact, like our website is lifelessonscommunity.com because we just believe mm-hmm. in community. Yeah. I guess just really start telling us a little bit about your background and what led you to this business endeavor that you're going to tell us about today. I moved down to Vancouver when I was 16 because it was a wonderful bustling place of everything to do. And I was there for 25 years. And Vancouver is one of those places where my friends wouldn't even leave the house with me because they're like, everywhere we go, you just know everybody. <laughs> you done that, you know, you're in yoga, you're in, you know, badminton, all these things. And I'm like, I can't go anywhere. We walked down a block and it's like, it takes us a half an hour. I always felt like I was part of something in a big city. I walked out of my house and there was people I knew, there was things I knew, and there was always resources. Now, that all being said, when I moved, I had my daughter a little bit later in life when I was 39. And we decided we wanted to move back to my hometown. My hometown is 11,000 people. It's Nelson, BC in Canada. And we wanted to give her the opportunity to grow up similarly to as me, because I got lots of wonderful, rich things growing up in a small town. So we moved back here and all of a sudden, I've got my one-year-old on my hip and I walk out the door And I was so disconnected. I felt like I had no belonging. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where to be. All of my friends that were still here had teenagers. And I have my family here, but they live about an hour away. So they were a little bit less available. So that was sort of what brought me to 
the vision of this place was my feeling of not belonging, even in a place where I was from, where I originally was belong. That brought me back here. And then my partner and I separated. So it was just my daughter and I. So I'm a single mom. That was the inspiration behind it was trying to find a way for myself to belong and then also to re-gift that to families and mothers and, and people in the community. So that, you that's great. Desperately wanted community and you thought, I'm just gonna create my own. Absolutely. I love I did, that. <laughs> I did a lot of that on the coast. And I mean, I put it out there like I want to do a pregnant women badminton club. And because Vancouver's so big, I put it out there and I'd have like 20 or 30 people show up. And it was great. But here there's just the, you know, in a small town, you know, if one person shows up, it doesn't quite have this. No, they're like, no, I'm sorry. We're not having a pregnant women badminton club. That's a no. <laughs> I completely understand. I moved from the Denver, Colorado, the metropolitan area. It's very busy, hustle bustle, always things to do, concerts to go to, you know, activities, hiking, whatever you wanted to do. It was available almost 24-7 out there. And I moved to a very small town in Alabama where everything closes down early in the evening and there was nothing. I mean, unless you belonged to a church group, there's just, it's like almost impossible to meet people and to find people that you have common interest with. So I completely understand that. So tell us about this community that you have formed. I'm actually a very new business. I've only been in operation for three months. So I'm still at the really at the beginning phases of seeing how the magic happens and and also what works and doesn't work. What I've created is a space where there's basically three businesses in one. There's a play space for kids and families to come in and use the play space, all kinds of toys, books and that sort of thing. There's also the cafe portion. So you can come and sit at the cafe and not have anything to do with the, with the kids, or you can come sit at the kids and have nothing to do with the cafe, or you can do both. As well as I've got a kitchen in the back that when I took over the space, the kitchen was already set up. Now I'm one person managing a business. I was not ready to try to do anything in the kitchen. So I decided to use that space as a commercial kitchen for people, say, going to a market and they make baked goods. You legally need to be making your goods in a commercial kitchen in order to sell it. So for small businesses or even just, you know, a grandma wanting to make 30 batches of jam to give to all her friends, you know, a bigger space to do community events. And we had a, well, my favorite one was we just had a bunch of teenagers from the French school come in and do a baking competition. They rented the whole space out. So I had a bunch of 14 and 15 year olds running around baking chocolate cake, sitting in the cafe. That was totally magic to me because that was sort of combining growing up, youth, the kitchen, the space. And I just made me smile so much. So it's a commercial kitchen that people can share and use and rent and be in there at the same time working together to create what they need to create in a commercial kitchen. Is that right? Absolutely. The word that comes to mind is kitchen co-op. Yeah. Yeah. Really, that's kind of what it is. So tell us, what is the name of your business? Acorn and Oak. And what is the significance of that? Oh, you want to know that? Well, it's actually kind of an interesting <laughs> story. You know, well, I was like, it wasn't on my list of things to say, but I was like, you know what? Actually, this ties very directly into how this space came about. 
my daughter's school is right next door. She's seven years old. And this has been the first time she, you know, goes out, she trucks over. It literally is right across the street, which was, you know, thank goodness I didn't get any of the other spaces that I was looking at over the last few years because they weren't next to my daughter's school. So when we started at the school, there's the school logo was an indigenous style picture of an owl. And now I'm Salish of Salish descent. I'm indigenous. Part of my my background is that. And so when I saw this, I was like, it kind of doesn't really look like an owl, but I know it's supposed to be an owl. What's the story behind this? So I did a bit of digging and it turns out that about, oh, I don't know how long ago, but a white man drew this picture. And now, of course, the school had lovely intentions. They were trying to include Indigenous stories into their school spirit, which was great. But what ended up happening was this logo that was created was made, anyway, it was a blatant version of cultural appropriation. Even with its good intention, we've moved past that in our society. So I put a committee together. I got some parents. I got some people on the school board. I got some kids. We did a big process and we changed the logo. Awesome. So the new logo is an oak tree. And for the it's school, a, the, the, the logo for the school. Okay. Exactly. And out front between the school and my space is a massive oak tree. And it is iconic to the school. The school is 100 years old this year. And this oak tree was planted the year that the school was made. Oh, oh, that's wow. very special. So not only did the logo change to an oak tree, when we moved in here and found this spot, it was like, wouldn't it be neat if I could incorporate the oak tree? Because in Indigenous culture, oak trees are, they're a medicine tree. They're, they represent longevity. They represent protection and strength. So I thought, what a neat thing to be able to incorporate into my name. I love it. Okay. Yeah. From the acorn to the oak. So yes. you have your tiny seed and it's sprouting into something big, taking root and going to be there in a hundred years. Yes, exactly. Love it. <laughs> so do you do some teaching, like some culinary classes there? Did I see that on your website? Specifically, I do not, but I'm open to anybody who wants to come in. To I got you. Them. Okay. Like I said, with the French school and them coming in and, and doing their own classes, I'm really open to that and to support anybody who wants to do that in this space. But I am doing other workshops, like I'm starting up a an arts and crafts club where every Tuesday we'll have a special project on from 8.30 till 4. And you can bring your kids to do marble painting or to do splatter painting or something like that, that, that brings something that people don't necessarily want to do at home. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's a mess to be able to do that out in the world. And I'm also starting a uh, single mother's movie night where single moms can come together and plot their kids down in front of a movie and socialize with each other and connect and make new friends. Because like I said, coming out of this pandemic, we're all pretty lonely. <laughs> Connection is just the hardest thing for adults to do. And you're right when you move from place to place. You know, I had a very strong support system at one time in my adult life, and it was when we lived in Aiken. And I was a new teacher, met a lot of new teachers. We got really close. We were really good friends, taught together for eight years, and then I moved. <laughs> and everywhere you go, you look for that support system, but people have it already. And it, it can be, you know, I've never found one that was exactly the same as the one that I left. So you can feel like a stranger, even coming back to your hometown. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Which is where I came back to my hometown, Augusta, similar kind of a thing. I had been away for so long that new friendships had formed. So people crave connection and the pandemic, as you said, really made it worse. Yes, absolutely. So talk about that just a little bit. Well, I mean, especially being in a small town, it it is so tricky. I mean, this pandemic has really emphasized the division. There's been so many different ways that it's separated people. In a sense, it's brought people to the same spot in that we're all in crisis. So we've got that in common. But at the same time, there's it's a real divide of who believes in what and, and right. how we how we're choosing to live. So the isolation has sort of brought everybody into themselves, figuring out what the heck they're gonna do. And then coming out of that, we don't know how to walk anymore. Right. It's like we don't know how to approach conversation because we don't know if it's going to go in a weird direction or not. And everybody is looking for a, a safe place to, we all have stuff in common. Every yeah. single person you meet, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who they are, where they are. There's something you have in common and being able to find that uncover not just the experience or the emotion or whatever, but being able to uncover what we have in common and create a space where I've had some of the most phenomenal conversations with people that that I would know, I wouldn't walk down the street and go, that's going to be my person, that's my friend. And I think that people need to be able to see that in each other. If you can get like, for example, for the single mom's night, like, that's not about just doing something. That's about answering the loneliness. That's about answering that wanting to be seen, wanting to be heard, wanting to be loved. I think that we all, I don't know, want to re-say it, but we're all kind of a little bit lonely and we're all speaking a new language now. Craving connection. I have a question. Do you have events for unsingle moms, just moms, like lonely moms? Because I'm like, you know, I'm like, that sounds like a lot of fun, but I'm not, was not a single mom. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to start alternating it. I'm going to okay. do, I'm going to do, because of course I can't work every night of the week. Right. I do, I do have to have my own little life, but I'm going to alternate it. I'm going to do one Tuesday single moms, one Tuesday open one, and, and yeah. do that. So, I yes, have I another suggestion as well. Please. In our community, we have about 10,000 people in our Facebook community. Yes. Something that we hear a lot is when people leave the workforce because they've retired or whatever. Mm-hmm. They have no community anymore. The only people they knew were people they worked with. And once they step away from that, they are sort of at a loss at like, how do I meet people? I mean, it's kind of like you, the only thing I compare it to is having been married for a long time and then divorced. And then, you know, years later, you're like, I want to start dating again. And you don't know where to start. What's kind of the same thing with forming friendships. It's like, you don't know where to start. When you're younger, you meet your kids' friends' parents, like that's where all my friends came from. Where it's like, oh, our kids went to school together and we did Girl Scouts together and Boy Scouts. And when you're an adult without kids and you don't have a workplace to go to anymore, and if you don't belong to a club or something, where do you meet people? You might consider seeing how many people are retired in your community that just need a place to connect with other retirees, Absolutely. even if it's like, Middle of the day. Morning. It could be yeah. middle of the day. Uh, I was thinking night. a brunch yeah. time, you yeah. know, type meeting. It wouldn't have to be the evening then because they're retired. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I actually have. I was just talking to my, one of my daughter's friends, Grandma, yesterday, and she's actually going to start doing her book club here. Love it. If she's open. I said, would you be open to me 
putting it out, like advertising on my site that, you know, there's a book club meeting and would you like to join? And she at first was a little bit hesitant. She said, well, you know, there's five of us. And I said, yeah, but two of them are online. So there's really only three of you in this space. What about adding, you know, two or three, giving somebody else that place to be? But yeah, I like the idea, even just having that, you know, Wednesdays from 11 to 3 are for, you know, a special event for retired people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You were talking earlier and I'm like, okay, so she opened this cafe in this play space, but what you really opened is a community center. Do you realize that? (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? I have really good coffee. I don't know. Uh, I I don't know many community centers that have good coffee. Oh my God. Okay. There was this, this was a really, I'll tell you this little story. This is what had me saying, I am doing the right thing. I'm in the right place. This is the magic where I belong. One morning there was a family in, there was a dad and a mom and they had a newborn baby and maybe a two or three year old. And they were playing around and they weren't from here. They were from about an hour drive away in Castlebar and 45 minutes. And they're like, Oh, this is so great. We, we come to Nelson, we can sort of break up our day and have somewhere to just sit with the kids. And, and they're sitting there and then all this, this door opens and this, Two big burly guys come in. They're like six two, and one's wearing overalls, and and you can tell they're just different different people than this family. They kind of peek their head in quietly. They're turning around, like oh, whispering to each other, "Can we come in here?" Of course, come on in, come on in. Oh, okay, we're just looking for like coffee and a muffin or something. So they come over to the counter and they see the espresso machine. They're like, whoa, she's got fancy coffee here. (laughs) I said, can you handle that? Oh, yeah, we'll go for fancy coffee. We're not from around here. I said, really, where are you from? And and they were from about an hour drive in the other direction than this family. So these two guys, one of them's a bus driver and one of them's a, a volleyball coach. They sit down at one of the end of the table. Now, this is a small space. This is not a big space. So when you're in this space, you are in this space with other people. There's no private conversation. It's almost like a forced community. (laughs) Right. Uh, So these guys sit at the end of the bench. And of course, you know, they're talking and they're talking, you know, high school or whatever. And then the fans, all of a sudden, these two guys are talking to the family. And they're connecting and they're talking about what kind of tires have you got on your truck? Oh, winter tires. Well, let's talk winter tires. These are the best ones. I used to be a mechanic. Oh, do you know Bob? At the da, 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 da. And all of a sudden, <laughs> these guys are talking about some mechanic that they know from another town. It's wow. not even anyone. At the, so they live like three hours apart from each other. And they're talking about another guy. Well, they exchanged numbers before they left. And I went, this is it. This is it. Somebody's come with their baby and their family, and these guys are from totally somewhere else. And you come in the door, and it's like, okay, I'm with these people. I can't not be with these people. And that's where that listening for the what we have in common comes in. The commonalities, right. yeah. And, you know, I say all the time, we are all connected. We really are. And if you are really open to conversation and talking to people, you will really see how connected people really are. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know. I've had so many times in the last just couple years where I will be talking to somebody and then they're like, oh, where did you used to live? And then I'd tell them and they're like, oh, did you know so-and-so? And I'm like, yeah, I know so-and-so. And um, even in my field of work, it was so funny. I moved from Denver to Alabama, went to work. This other girl came to work. She moved from Flagstaff to where I work. And she's like, oh, where did you work before you came here? And I told her and she said, oh, what shift did you work? And I told her. And she said, oh, a guy just left Flagstaff and took your job in Colorado. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, what? So then I call my old work wife in Colorado and I'm like, hey, do you know this guy? And she's like, yeah, he took your job. And I'm like, like, it is such a small world. We are all It really, really is a small world. And you just have to talk to people to find it. That's it. It's talking to people and finding the connections and realizing that, The one thing that's changed over the past, I don't know, maybe 10 years and the pandemic heightened it, is that we suddenly feel like if someone has a different idea than us politically, that we're enemies, instead of like, it's okay to be different. Well, I don't know how we've lost it, but it's okay to be different because we want all the same things and we all have the same heart. We're all, we're all boring. (laughs) <laughs> you know, we're all born equal. There's no, you know, you don't come out with a political point of view. Right? No, no. We really have more in common than than we have that are different. We might have a different idea of how to get there. That's okay. But we're allowed to have a different ideas. And that's what we've got to get back to. And when we come together and we know people, you know, you can have a different idea and it's all right. And I think that it's so important when we are interacting with people that no matter what the interaction is to remember that you are never hearing the full story. You are never hearing and seeing what happened to them an hour ago or what happened to them when they were 10 or for whatever reason they've gotten to the place that they are right now. You will never know that full story. So to treat them as they are, as they are that in that moment and understand that, they're just a person. Like you said, there's calm. We all just want to be loved and, and, you know, safe and healthy. And yeah. That's and even if you've been through the same situation with them, you know, I think back my husband and I, we've been married since 1991 and thinking about things that happened in the nineties, we both lived through the same things, but saw them completely differently. Absolutely. And I'm like, you were mad about what? (laughs) You've been thinking about that since 1992? (laughs) But the perception, you can be like, just have a whole different view of it and been through it together. So yeah, so community is what we all need. So you just started it three months ago. So was it scary to, I mean, do you have history as a business owner? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I've been in childcare for the last, um, I've been a childcare provider for the last two decades. So that's why you knew the play space was important. You knew how to do that, but a cafe, you didn't know how to do a cafe, right? No, people laugh at me. Actually, it was really, really hard to find insurance because a lot of the questions on the insurance forums are, you know, have you been a business owner? No. What's your experience in restaurants and and that industry? Nothing. (laughs) I was like, we are not going near you. And then he put in the the aspect of having kids in the space. They're like, whoa, no, there's a major liability. So it was that was tricky in itself. But no, this has been on the horizon for a long time, though, as a person who believes in growth and always sort of challenging myself. And there came a time where I just was 
Well, number one, I was tired of taking care of other people's kids. I love kids. I love them. It's been my life. I have so much fun with them. But I got my own kid now. I want to focus on her and I want to be able to go home and just, you know, snuggle up with her. And I was also just kind of tired of working for other people and other people. Like, I believe in being a good employer. I don't believe in minimum wage. I want to, you know, I'm not at that point where I can hire anybody yet. There's some really weird business owners out there. And I've worked for a couple of them here and there. And it's kind of like, why do you do it this way? Don't you want to be awesome? (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, you know, I just wanted to do it my way. And no, I don't have that kind of a background, but I have a people background and that's what it comes down to. Right. We're all, I think that's the most important one to have really is to be able to, to, to get along with people and communicate with people. And if you never meet a stranger, that's a good sign. There was a survey done I've read an article about it and they did a like a worldwide survey and I cannot remember how many people they polled a lot. Like, don't quote me. I think it was 600,000 people about post post pandemic was what they're calling us now happiness. And they're asking people to compare their level of happiness now compared to prior. And this survey basically came out and said people are happier now than they were then. I believe it. I was guessing happier. <laughs> I was guessing it because I'm happier. Because I, is it because is the theory that people have drilled down to what's more important to them? Well, there's a lot of that. And then there's a lot of people who realized that like slowing down was so beneficial to them, taking more time with family and making that more of a priority instead of go, 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 achieve, achieve, achieve. I mean, it forced a lot of people to really just slow down, shut down a little bit. People realized like maybe this was a better way to live. Now, I also (laughs) kind of like me, I always have to look at the other side of the coin. I'm like, how much of this is for two years, people were so stressed out that they feel happier now because some of the stress is lifted. So how much of the survey is skewed a little They're bit? They're misremembering pre-pandemic. Right. Right. Yeah, that's possible. I mean, it's definitely not any type of scientific study, but it was a poll worldwide and they had, you know, percentages of people and they had a bunch of different, you know, questions they were asked and it was pretty interesting. So I'm sure if somebody's interested, they could Google that. But I was kind of surprised to hear that you weren't Jen, but I guess I I was was guessing that. Yeah. Because I just feel like, like you said, people got so divided politically Mm -hmm. over things that I felt like that probably created stress, which diminishes happiness. So yeah, I was really surprised. I think people's priorities have changed. And I think that people have really gotten to the point where they go, okay, what is important to me? You know, why, why was I doing it that way? It wasn't working. Let's find a new way to do things because everybody's reinventing themselves, really. Yeah. You know, we're moving to a new state. Yeah. In a week. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you know, I think too, even businesses are restructuring. They're looking at the way, like I just read Airbnb. That's where my son Cal works. And he said they can now work from anywhere. They are like switching to work from home, work wherever Anywhere. you want. Anywhere. And I want. got so excited because I'm like, well, because he's in San Francisco, which is where their headquarters is. You I'm like, he might come home. Yeah, he doesn't want to. He only <laughs> wants to live somewhere where you don't have to have a car. He has to be in a big oh. city. He's a big oh. city boy now. Darn it. Mm-hmm. 
We'll see if that changes. But but he's figured out what's important to him as well. And it's being in the big city where they don't need to have a car and they have public transportation and a lot to do. So that's what he wants. Even Atlanta doesn't offer that. You know, Atlanta, everybody has a car. So back to Acorn and Oak. (laughs) You know, what lessons have you learned opening a business? Like someone might be listening right now and having you like, oh my gosh, I want to do something like this in my town. Where do I start? <laughs> well, you just have to start. That's where that's where you start. Because if you wait for everything to be perfect, and you know, my mom will tell you I'm a bit of a stubborn perfectionist. <laughs> but if you <laughs> wait for it to be perfect, you'll be waiting forever. So I would say number one, start small. I had visions of this being super, super big. You can always get bigger, but you can't usually get smaller. Employees, you know, I've been able to just be doing this by myself. Now, that being said, I've had to sacrifice a little bit of things. Like I'm not able to go spend time in the garden out back and set my little my little kids some gardening club up because I have to be out front. Barter is great. I make earrings. Find something to do when it's not slow. I mean, when it is slow, I make beaded earrings and somebody just came in and said, I love those. I said, what do you want to trade them for garden time? So she's going to set my garden up and I'm giving her these earrings. Love it. but But in terms of starting a business, I would say seek out what support there is in your community because... There's always somebody that is you can that I can either can mentor you right that wants to because people want to share their knowledge, and we have a community organization that actually has set up a self employment program, whereas they help with a living allowance as you get started in your business. So the province is actually helping sustain me right now as everything comes together for um, ten months. They're giving me a bit of a living allowance so that I can get everything rolling. So look into grants, look into, there's all kinds of different, different. There, there really, there. really are. Let me reiterate that for a minute because my brother, that's his job. He works for Clemson University in South Carolina and his job is to help people setting up small businesses succeed. That's what he does. Wow. And he helps them find the resources and, and connect with things that, that can help them to be successful. Business plan, that sort of thing. I don't know exactly what he does. I would never have but. thought of grants for a business. Now, for setting up a not-for-profit, obviously, I knew there were grants out there. But there are actually grants out there to help people start small private businesses. In BC, there are. And some of them are things like a wage allowance. So if you're hiring somebody, they'll pay for 60% of their wage. So that you can wow. well get their business started, right? Because so small businesses are, are the backbone of the community, and so it's in the best interests of everyone for small businesses to to grow and thrive. Absolutely, and there's also you know specific to small businesses, rental help with rental stuff in the beginning. And the only other thing I would say is just be willing, and this is like the key word to the last two years has been pivot, right? pivot. (laughs) And in order to start a small business, that's huge. You have to be able to let go of some stuff, even if it was really important to you in the beginning. And that was, your vision was based around one thing. If it doesn't work, if people don't want it, let it go and move somewhere else and be open to listening to the community, ask questions Yeah, don't get too stuck in your mind about it should be a certain way because it's never going to be that way. So be willing to change your mind. (laughs) Be willing to reinvent yourself every few weeks 
<laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. Pivot. And pivot is important. That definitely makes sense. And, you know, the community over time will help it morph into what it's meant to be. Exactly. Exactly. We're just a vessel, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Tell us again, say, what is the name of the town that you're in again? Nelson. Nelson. Yeah. BC. Okay. All right. And if people want to find you and they want to learn more or they want to connect with you, how can they do that? My website is acornandoakcafe.ca. Okay, great. That's a pretty easy, easy way. And it's all spelled as it is. As it sounds. <laughs> as it sounds, <laughs> acornandoakcafe.ca, not .com. And so there's all of my information is on there. My my website, I mean, my um my email and, and all the different ways and people can reach out in any way. I'm, I'm curious of what's happening in the world as well. If anybody else has ideas, like, I mean, even just for the idea about the retirees and, and having, having groups together, I'm, I'm always listening. Well, this really just sounds like a business that any small town would benefit from having or a, or a big town and, or a medium well, sized yeah, town oh, yeah. or any neighborhood subdivision community you know part of town this is the kind of thing people want and you know i was racking my brain to think is there anything like that here i don't know of anything mm-hmm. yeah the closest thing i can think of is when i lived in the denver area there are hundreds of microbreweries out there and each neighborhood each community has their own around the corner that's what kept coming to mind. You don't have a lot of times individual chairs and tables where you sit with the people you're with. They're like big, giant picnic benches and you sit down at a table and you sit down next to somebody you don't know and you strike up a conversation. I had so much fun in that kind of environment, just meeting people and and getting to know people that way. But yeah, look for it, listeners. There's something out there. And if there's not, start it. Start it. <laughs> I love it. So thank you for being with us today. Oh, I'm so, so grateful to be a part of this. I appreciate you taking time to sort through my tech difficulties at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. <laughs> oh, tech. <laughs> Before we get to the listener-led lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to invite you to the Life Lessons VIP community on Circle. Not only can you interact with me and with Sherry in a private online community, you can also connect with other listeners and community members. Um, Sherry is hosting monthly Zoom hangouts um, where we can connect and talk. And I'm going to miss the next one. I'm so sad. I know. And I'm so excited. It's next week. I'm so excited because... It's going to be the day that I'm moving. I know. So I can't do it. But I think we have some new people that are going to join us in Good. the chat. So Good. I mean, it really faces. helps me get to know people better and um, people that were also, some of them, the Delight on Tonight community. And so now I like know them, who they are, and we really have connected. I love that so very much. But, you know, just like we were talking about with Sky Lee, community is what it's all about. And so we want to get to know you in our VIP community. So you can join us by going to lifelessonscommunity.com slash VIP. Choose your monthly membership contribution of $4.99 or $9.99, and you can change to a different tier at any time. Just manage your subscription within the platform. Choose the option that feels like the best value to you, depending on you know how much you love our podcast and how much value you get out of it. We would love for you to choose the higher package because it really helps support the work that we do on the podcast and the costs that are associated with producing it. 
And I just want to pop in and say, if you haven't heard us talk about this before, if you're new to the show or whatever, a lot of podcasts are funded by Patreon and they do Patreon subscriptions. But because Jen and I are so big about community, we chose not to do Patreon and do Circle instead because we actually want a space where we can get to know our listeners and we can interact and share whether it's just we've got one member we love named Apple and she sends us our daily coffee funny meme and we all get a good, you know, a morning giggle. That's important to us. We really want that time to get to know you and learn about the things that are important to you because then we can bring episodes that are pertinent to your life to you. Exactly. So again, that's lifelessonscommunity.com slash VIP. So now it's time for our listener-led lesson. Today's listener-led lesson comes from Flora. That's a pretty name. Here's a fun fact. The Surfside Beach Garden City used to be called Floral Beach. Really? Yeah, that's where I'm moving. Well, (laughs) you know, my robotic vacuum, Uh her name is Flora. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, Flora, your name is just making us think of all sorts of things, but I really love flowers, and so it's a beautiful name. So Flora says, got bugs? I have some natural solutions to share. If you're a gardener and you want to keep pesky bugs out of your gardens, you can use crushed up eggshells in the dirt to prevent slugs and snails from eating your plants. You can also plant some onions in your garden to deter bugs from spending time in your garden. Onions are a natural bug deterrent. If you want to keep spiders, yes, please, I would like to keep spiders out. (laughs) Yes. Ants and other creepy crawlers from coming into your home, you can fill a spray bottle with white vinegar. You can dilute it with water if the smell is too strong. Add some lemon or orange essential oil to it. Spray around your windows and doors and any other place bugs might enter your home. Citrus and vinegar are both natural bug deterrents. Be sure you don't have any areas around your home that collect stagnant water, as that's a sure way to attract mosquitoes. And last, you can use leftover beer to draw out roaches. They're attracted to the smell, and they will attempt to get into whatever container you collect it in and drown. The roaches are wanting to get drunk. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I also, we had fleas. And I, I, of course, didn't want to use anything that was toxic, you know, especially after writing Cleanish. I'm, I'm like, didn't want to call the pest control people to come. But I, you don't want to have fleas jumping on you and getting all over your cats. So we use dichotomous earth. Yeah. I actually have seen that you can use that in your soil, too. Yeah, for ants. Well, and I think the what I saw it for was like for rose bushes. There's something that tries to eat rose bushes. But if you put Is it, it in the... I don't know, but if you put it in the dirt around them, then it keeps keeps them from attacking your roses. Yeah, but it's not toxic to us because, like for example, you can even like consume it. People consume dichotomous earth for what like food grade. Do you know what it is? It's like is it like shells, ground up crustacean shells or something? Yeah, yeah. People consume it. You don't know that. You remember people asking, can I, I have dichotomous earth during I the fast? I didn't know what it was until recently. And I was and like, I'm like, hmm. no, you cannot have it during the fast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, or then. ever. No, I'm kidding. But I mean, you can. It's safe to consume. But I mean, I don't really know what it does in the body. I can't remember. I researched it before. 
Well, I recently read that if you want to keep like ants from coming in during ant season, there's always that time of year that ants try to come in your house that you could take citrus peels and rub them on your like windowsills and stuff. And I was like, that seems messy and like a lot of work. So (laughs) the ants would be drawn to it, the stickiness. Adding lemon and essential and orange essential oil to the vinegar seems like a much a much better easier solution. solution. (laughs) I think so too. But again, dichotomous earth is a great solution for I think for the, the ants and also fleas. All right. I wouldn't even know where to buy it. Do you buy it at the I just got it on Amazon. But oh, Oh. here's a little fun fact. It's super messy and it like settles into the small cracks of your hardwood floors. So just be careful. Is it powdery like cornstarch? It's very powdery. Yes. It's very much like that. But apparently what happens is I think it consume it or and then they explode. I don't know. Oh, goodness. You're not really exploding, but it like kills them from the inside out. Not good for the little I bugs. I don't know. Exploding fleas was quite a visual. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I didn't see any fleas explode. but <laughs> And, you know, then if, if you have fleas, you know, then that can lead to your cat having worms. We've gone down this whole path of mm-hmm. – and then all of our cats had worms and we had to take care of that. And did I tell you the story of Lucy and the medicine? No. We have time, so I have to tell this story because it is just really funny. We have this – tapeworm medicine Mm -hmm. that you give them for fleas. Ellie takes pills like a champ. Ringo takes pills just fine. Pepper takes pills okay. Lucy does not. Well, Lucy's special. She is special. You put the pill down her throat and it comes back out. Yeah. I have a dog that's like that. Like it. I gave her one of these pills. I only had like one left. Okay. And I'm like, the fleas were, the worms were back. I'm like, I've got one pill left, but I've got to give it to somebody. I don't want to just, so I gave it to Lucy because she was around and then she like went and ate a bunch of food and then she threw up, (laughs) but there was the pill. (laughs) She was getting that out. The throw up. Okay. But it was still, you could see the pill. So I'm like, I am not wasting this pill. Oh my gosh. So I fished it out of the cat vomit. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're going to know I'm just a regular person, everybody. Right. So I'm like, well, I can't get this to Lucy right now because she's mad. But I can give it to Pepper, Will's cat. Well, apparently it had been in her system long enough to lose whatever the coating is that's on these pills. I don't even know, but the coating is important. So I get Pepper and I get him to take it. And he he couldn't swallow it, wouldn't swallow it because I guess you could really taste it. It got sticky maybe or something? It had lost the coating that made it go down when you swallow it. So now he's like, Foaming at the mouth. <laughs> he looks like he's rabid. Oh my and he's God. going fah, fah, and running and jumping straight up. And you know how cats are? Like, and now he's like stringing, or, you know, he's like literally foaming at the mouth and running all around the yard. And I'm like, the neighbors are going to see this oh cat my gosh. and think that he's got rabies. Anyway, he was fine later, but it was just really funny. So, fun fact. If one pet vomits up a pill, don't try to give it to another one. <laughs> you probably wouldn't have done that anyway, but I did. So, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. It was the last pill. They only come like three in the bottle or something. They're, anyway. Yeah. Well. They're all worm-free right now. That's so. good. That's good. <laughs> Eric called me the other day and told me he thought Lulu, our puppy, had worms. And we've treated her for worms twice already. And I'm like, what? Again? He's like, yeah, when she goes to the bathroom, like, there's something that sticks out and I have to pull it out. It's like oh. long and stringy. And I'm thinking, what the heck? Well, it <laughs> happened to me on Monday. Was it grass? Yes. Yeah, she's look, eating grass. Ellie does that. 
she came in yesterday and I kept seeing her like mouthing something. And Eric's like, what does she have in her mouth? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't see anything. Well, she had a long stalk of grass. but She's got these fat cheeks and jowls and she hides things in them. (laughs) So you'll go look in her mouth and not find anything. And then pretty soon she's over there chomping on something (laughs) again. She's like, let it back out like a chipmunk. I finally found this long blade of grass. It was probably like 12 inches long. And she there was no way she was going to get it down. She oh was my just gosh. chomping on it, like well, chewing gum. <laughs> you know, pets will keep you humble. <laughs> you know, okay, everyone, I'm going to say something about poop. So you're just going to have to, if it bothers you, don't listen. <laughs> Sherry was with me when Ellie got hit by a car. Well, we were at the beach, but Ellie was at home and got hit by a car. And so she lost her tail and she had some nerve damage to her, her hind end. So sometimes Ellie will have trouble pooping. Just some incontinence. Oh. Well, she does have that. But sometimes she'll ha- things will get kind of caught back there, especially if she's been eating a lot of grass and you have to like help her with it. But it's the grass. I really probably shouldn't have told that story. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody with animals, and we know our listeners are animal lovers. They, they well, will. We've all know, been you there. You do what you got to do. But the, you're talking about, you know, Lulu eating the grass made me think of it. If Ellie's been eating a lot of grass, we're going to have to. I'm like, Ellie, she's just walking around. She doesn't even know. <laughs> She's lost the nerve sensation. Poor little Ellie. But we love her. We will do anything for those pets, won't we? Yep. Anyway, sorry, listeners. That was probably more than you wanted to know today. <laughs> Let's have a motivational quote instead. <laughs> well, today's quote comes from Ingrid. The quote is, for those who expect everything, there are many curses. For those who appreciate everything, there are many blessings. She wrote, I believe the quote is from James Clear, and I think I got it from his newsletter. This quote is a helpful reminder to me about the benefits of showing up in life in an open and appreciative way as often as possible, instead of feeling impatient or even entitled. I think it is hard to actually appreciate everything that comes our way in life, but it is certainly not hard to more frequently notice and appreciate all that we do have. And it feels healthy for the mind and overall attitude. Yep. And Gratitude I agree and appreciation. 100%. It's huge. Yep. Absolutely. You know, when I had that magical day on Saturday where everything went my way, I had gratitude for all of it and appreciation for everyone that was helping me have everything go my way. It was just a beautiful day. Well, and you know, I just recently went through a period, I mean, this is maybe a couple months ago, a period where I was just annoyed with my husband. I mean, if you've been married, you know what I mean. You go through periods where your <laughs> husband just annoys you and the way they look at you annoys you. And the way they don't pack anything while you're gone for three right? days. Yeah. And then pretty soon when you get annoyed with them a couple times and everything they do starts to annoy you a little bit. I was in this period where I was just feeling really cranky with Eric and everything he did annoyed me. And I thought, you know, I had to really sit and think about all the good things he does for me and the thoughtful things. And I made it like, I was like, okay, I need to stop fixating on the things he does that annoys me. And I need to start paying attention to all the good things he does for me. And I really just made it a practice, like where I'd wake up in the morning and really start to notice, like really be like, I'm going to notice the nice things he does for me today. And then I swear within a week, I didn't even notice anything annoying he did anymore. That's a powerful practice. It's huge. What you put attention on. Yep. I love it. That's a great story. Well, listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to join us in the new Life Lessons VIP community. Go to lifelessonscommunity.com slash VIP to become a VIP podcast supporter for either $4.99 or $9.99 per month. And your support ensures that we can keep bringing you episodes of the Life Lessons podcast each week. 
Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And we would love for you to leave a review, especially on iTunes or Spotify. That helps us reach others. Do you have a story to share for our good news segment, a listener-led lesson, or a motivational quote that means something to you? Or do you have an area of expertise that you would like to share as our featured guest for the week as we present our weekly life lesson? Email us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com and then listen each week to see if we share your story or tip. And until next week, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.